Welcome to this episode of the Ballin' Out Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan, here with my partner in crime tonight, the real Grant Williams. How you doing tonight, man? Man, Jordo, I am great, man. It's time to talk a little bit of football for a change. Oh, I know it, man. I've been I'm di- I've been dying to do it. I've been dying to do it. So, man, we're gonna talk. We're gonna we're gonna first and foremost preview uh, the Vols trip to Orlando for the Citrus Bowl. Uh, we're gonna talk some uh, SEC and New Year's Six bowl games. Talk some playoffs. Um, we're gonna also give uh, each one of us is gonna have a bold prediction for the Citrus Bowl. So, you ready to do it, man? Man. I was born ready. Let's go. Ain't got to get ready if you stay ready. Ain't that the truth, right? All right, boys. Right off the right off the rip here. I'm gonna get some. I'm gonna hit hit us with some facts on the Citrus Bowl. Uh, For as many jabs as Steve Spurrier like to throw at us for the Citrus Bowl, can't spell UT without Citrus Bowl. Uh, He was actually in that game three more times than the Vols have been. Wow, three more times. Three more times than the Vols. Um, it's our first trip to the Citrus Bowl since 2001 when we whipped Michigan. Um, Vols are 2-1 and one in bowl competition against the Hawkeyes. Lone loss was uh, the 1982 Peach Bowl, 28-22. Um, we own but the, the Vols, excuse me, Tennessee owns both the smallest and largest margin of victory uh, 23 to 22 came in 1987 and 45 28 in the Tax Slayer uh, Bowl. Uh, I was at that one. That was back in the Josh Dobbs and Butch Jones era. Yes, sir. And they, I mean, that game wasn't even close from no. the rip. Well, the Vols jumped out uh, on the guys and grabbed them by the throat. I mean, literally the first drive of the game and just never let up. That was the first bowl game I ever went to. And man, that was a lot of fun to go to Jacksonville for that one. You know, I gotta say that was probably whenever I really started to buy in with Butch. I thought that maybe we had something, but uh, I was wrong. Um, also, we all fun were wrong. Fact, on that. This is true. This is true. I can't believe we all bought in on him, but hey, we wanted something to happen. Um, another fun fact: Phil Former, Bill Battle, Josh Heupel. The only three coaches in Vol football history to make a bowl game in each of their first three seasons. What were the what were the records for Phil and Battle during those? Do you know? I don't, but I can find out real quick. Find yeah, out Google. Yeah, look that up, man. You know, because I am curious on that. Uh, the reason why I say that, you know, Josh Heupel can come out of this, and he should come out of this two and one in his first three bowl games. Now, sure, Josh Heupel and the Volunteers got absolutely hosed. In that first one in the Music City Bowl, where yours truly was in attendance at that one. Shout out to living in Nashville because I could just walk to the stadium from there. So it was easy for me to go to that. But, you know, Josh Heupel should have won the Music City Bowl, got screwed on that. Then you look at what the Volunteers did last year against the Clemson Tigers. You know, I think that if you give Josh Heupel enough time to prepare for an opponent, there's not going to be a lot of issues when it comes to how the team plays. Right. Um, okay, so it looks like the first season, uh, Phil took over for uh, Coach Majors in 92 because uh, Johnny had some health issues. Um, they went 9-3 and three with, and finished the AP poll uh, number 12. Okay. Uh, they went, let's see here, 93. Um, they went to the Citrus Bowl against Penn State that year. Uh, lost 31-13 to finish Heath Schuler's final season. Finished that year with a 9-2 and 1 record and tw- number 12 in the AP poll. Okay, okay. And then in the 94 season, they went back to the Gator Bowl, uh defeated Virginia Tech 45-23, finished the year 8 and 4 with a final ranking of number 22 in the AP poll. So Phil went 3 and 0 in his first 3 bowl games. Yes, sir. Yes. Okay. Uh, next up, we're going to look at Bill Battle, and we know we obviously we know about uh, Coach Heupel, so we're going to check out uh, Mr. Battle here. Let's see. 
Well, you know, you, you go back to what Philip Fulmer did. I mean, he inherited a much better program than Josh Heupel did. The fact that Josh Heupel was able to make a bowl game in his first season is just unbelievable with all the guys who hit the portal and left to go elsewhere. So I think that the Bill Battle stat might be a little bit more friendly towards Josh Heupel, if that makes any sense. Well, uh, looking at this, uh, Coach Battle was here from 1970 to 1976. Um, he went 11 and one in 70, won the sugar bowl, 10 and two, uh, in 71, won the Liberty bowl and 10 and two in 72, won the Astro blue bonnet bowl. Astro blue bonnet. What the heck is that? Um, and the first, right. That's what I said too. Um, and to finish that, uh, follow that up with in 73, he went eight and four, lost in the Gator Bowl, and in 74, went uh, seven, three, and two, and won the Liberty Bowl. Okay. So Josh Hype will be the only one who could go two and one at best. But at the same time, man, you look at it, he should have had that victory in the Music City Bowl in his first season back in 21. So I'm not, I'm not upset about that. He, no. Got screwed. It is what it is. We're all going to call it it. We're Tennessee fans at the end of the day. Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, watching that game. And, you know, the funny thing about that year, though, we really weren't expected to do anything that year. So, you know, you can paint it however you want to as far as we got screwed, because we did. But we weren't supposed to make a bowl game that year. No. We weren't supposed to be even competitive. Yeah, well, and you competed with everybody you played against that year. You were in a game with Alabama in 21 that went all the way to the fourth quarter before it got out of hand. So right. you really just, you know, it is what it is. It, Jalen Wright did score a touchdown on that play. I will always say it. You can't argue with me on that any which way. The whistle was not blown. But, man, it, it we, we've got a great one, and it's it's glad to see that he's doing stuff that two great coaches did. You know, yeah. it's encouraging. I think we, I think we finally got our guy. Uh, last year was kind of reassur- reassurance in that. Just uh, we'll see how the chips fall. You know, that's all we yeah. can do. Absolutely, that's all you can do in this. And so, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the volunteers do in a week. Uh, me too, man. Me too. And you know, like uh, like we were kind of talking before we jumped on here, didn't have but really one opt out for good reason. With Jalen Wright, so yeah, well, he's, he's going to make a lot of money, so that's exactly why. But you know, you're kind of looking at what Tennessee did lose off of this team uh, that's not going to be in there. And I'm just going to read the list off real quick: Tamaria McDonald, transfer portal; Deshaun Rucker, transfer portal; Danico Slaughter, transfer portal; Tyler Barron, transfer portal; Connor Meadows, transfer portal; Addison Nichols, transfer portal. Brandon Turnage, Transfer Portal, Jack Lutcher, Transfer Portal, Mo Clipper Jr., Transfer Portal, and Warren Burrell, Transfer Portal, then Jalen Wright and Jabari Small are both opt-outs on that. So you didn't really see a lot of guys say, hey, I just don't want to play in this. And that's really encouraging, if you ask me. I, I agree with that. You know, um, one thing uh, that I will say about uh, guys that we've had before that could have opted out and didn't, one of my favorites was Derek Barnett. He was like, of course I'm going to play. I'm playing in my in my state. Well, it was his hometown in Nashville in that game. And he said, no, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to play in this football game because that's what Ball Nation wants to see. And he was also able to set the school sack record in that game too. So he is playing for a little bit more than just playing in his home state and playing for the team he grew up loving. But, man, that was, that was a fun one. And that was another one I was in attendance there for. So it was good to get to see that. Absolutely, that was uh, it was awesome that year. They were, uh, you know, I live in Gatlinburg, and they wore the uh, the the sticker for the wildfires and all that up here that year. And and I actually visited uh, Rocky Top Sports uh, that year and met with a lot of the kids and stuff up here, and it was cool. It was really cool. Well, it was if I remember right too, that game they wore the Smoky Grays uh, for the for Gatlinburg during that. So. That was a cool tribute to be able to do that. And then those are the best Tennessee jerseys right there. You can't argue with me on that. No, no, I'm not going to argue with you. I like the dark mode unis, but those smoky grays, buddy, they're all. I even like the Artful Dodger ones this year. I thought they looked good. Oh, God, dude, those are the ugliest things I've ever seen in my whole life. <laughs> I can't. I, I'm, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. I'll die on that hill. But, uh, well, buddy, let's talk a little uh, 
Iowa defense and Vols, uh, Iowa offense, excuse me, and Vols defense here. Um, Ooh. There's not, I mean, there's not a whole lot to talk about with that Iowa offense, man, but given the situation in our secondary, I feel like there could be. Well, I, I agree with that, man, but th- this is what I'm going to say on this. If one of your kids starts acting up, just play and go watch Iowa game tape on offense. That's a punishment <laughs> enough right there, man. That offense is abysmal to watch. It is the worst offense I have ever seen a top 25 team have. They just play on their defense. That's all they do. They they play on their defense, and they wait for you to make a mistake and put them in a position to where they're going to go score some points. Uh, if they get it in plus territory, three or seven, they don't three or six, they don't care. They don't care. They like to muck it up a little bit, so to speak. Well, they absolutely do, man. Um, and that's one thing about Iowa that is a little bit concerning because they do rely on their defense so much, where Tennessee relies on their offense, specifically the run game. And I think that can put the volunteers in a tr- tough situation going into this football game. But if Iowa can throw the ball and they can take advantage of this Tennessee secondary, that that's the only place I can really see trouble happening because I'm not sure if our offense is going to be able to move the ball well against the Hawkeyes defense. Yeah, there's some, it's going to come down to being able to throw the ball. I think and there's going to, they're going to put the game on Joe's shoulders. I think. What you have to in this game. And, you know, Joe is going to play in this game because of the simple fact of he needs to go impress NFL scouts. And what a better way to do it than against a Hawkeyes defense that's one of the best in the country. I mean, I'd almost call them an elite defense. Oh, I would too. This is an NFL caliber defense, in my opinion. They are that good on defense. They can score, they, well, not score the ball. They can stop you from scoring the ball where Tennessee has been so explosive in offense, specifically the run game this past season. I think that this game has Joe Milton written all over it. If he's going to be able to throw the ball, that's how the Volunteers win. If he can't, you know, the Volunteers may be coming back to the 8-6-5 with a loss at the end of the season. I could see this game playing out kind of like the Texas A&M game did. It's going to be close late, and we're going to have to make a big play, either defense, special teams. Joe's going to have to do it somehow or another to make it to where we're comfortable and be able to get out of there with a win. Well, I I don't disagree with you on that. You talk about it. You do have to have a big play. You go back to that A&M game. D. Williams had the play of the season right there with that punt return for a touchdown right there. You have to get something from your special teams in this game, specifically a guy like D. Williams, who is the most electric player with the ball in his hands whenever he gets in the open field. That's what you have to have in this football game. Yes. So uh, statistically, the Iowa offense gets about 239 per game. They get about right at four yards of play. Okay. Um, not terrible, not terrible, but it could it, it could be a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Um, this is, but this is like, I, actually, no, I'm just kidding. That is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they get 123.2 uh, yards passing per game. Honestly, if that quarterback's even kind of good, I look for that number to be better. Well, he's not that great. You know, you look at look at his stats on the year. It's Deacon Hill, who did come in for an injured quarterback earlier in the season. He has only thrown for 1,096 yards on the season with five touchdowns and six interceptions with a QBR of 22.3. So you're not looking at a great quarterback in this football game. And I think that does go into the Volunteers' advantage on this, honestly. It does. I th- You know, honestly, from the sounds of it, um, I mean, and also I want to point this out too. They get one fifteen point seven rushing yards per game, three point three yards per attempt. Um, and honestly, this is something that was interesting too because this kind of ties into what our defense does. Um, they had actually gained eighteen hundred and fifty yards rushing on the season, but lost three forty six for a net of fifteen hundred and four. Oh. Well, and their leading rusher, man, like you're looking at him right here, LaShawn Williams, he's a junior out of Chicago, 5'10", 208 pounds. He's only carried the ball 164 yard, 164 times on the year for 804 yards, one touchdown with an average of five yards per carry. So once again, man, it goes back to what we said about this offense earlier. It's very anemic and it's very abysmal. You, 
your defense should be able to keep them from scoring as long as they're not throwing the football. I, I agree with that. Um, I want to say that I would imagine that both of our game plans are going to be very similar um, with Iowa. Hey, we got to make, we got to make Joe Milton beat us. Tennessee, we got to make uh, their quarterback throw to beat, throw the ball to beat us. The only thing is, I could just—I just feel like that could come back to bite us with as many as we've got out in the secondary. We've only got one scholarship player in the secondary playing. Whew, man! And if that's what Gabe Judy Lolly, yeah. And he's not even—he's not even that great either, man. I mean that—that that right there does make it very difficult on the Volunteers in this game. So you have to hope that the Hawkeyes do not trust the quarterback to be able to throw the football right here, and they say, okay. We're going to run the football. And if they're going to run the football, I like the volunteers in this game. But if they get that passing Absolutely. field going down, going downfield, the passing game starts rolling, that's where my concerns are going to come in for this football game. So my question is, you said they get the passing game rolling. What's getting the passing game rolling for them? 175 yards? Oh, man. I mean, that right there is really tough to be able to say because – you don't know. Their leading receiver is a guy named Eric All on the season. He is a senior, six foot five, two hundred fifty pounds from Fairfield, Ohio. He's only had twenty one receptions on the year for two hundred and ninety nine yards and three touchdowns. So you're you're not wow. looking at a good offense if they can get the ball going and get one hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy five yards on the, in the air. That right there, I do think is concerning because they're still going to be able to run the ball too. That that's doing just enough to keep the to keep the Tennessee defense honest is what that is and that's honestly what i from what i've seen of of them this year that's what they try to do they didn't have any kind of success doing anything against michigan but that's what iowa does best is they they make you beat the i mean it's i know it sounds obvious but they make you beat them they make you play smart disciplined ball and if you don't that's whenever they jump that they wait for that first mistake and they pounce well, absolutely, man. And that that's where you've got to just play solid defense. Your quarterback in this game cannot turn the ball over either if you're Tennessee. So, Joe Milton, you have to take care of the football in this football game. You can't be turning it over. You can't make the silly mistakes that you've made in other games. Example, the Alabama game where he fumbled the ball right there. Interceptions in the Florida game. You cannot have that and expect to win because this defense you're playing is the best defense you've probably seen all year, with the exception of Georgia. With the exception of Georgia. And I, w I would say the way they locked him down um, at the end of that game, Alabama. Yeah, I I, I just I agree with that as well right there. Um, you know, you, you just have to play smart football at the quarterback position. And my concern with that, too, is you've got, you know, you're, you're changing your running back running back room for this game too so dylan sampson is going to be the lead back with cam selden back there with him as well which i'm not too concerned about that but you're so used to having that explosive play from jalen Wright in this game and he's going to be wearing street clothes on the sideline in this game so that is a concern for me right there because joe has been so used to say hey let me just hand the ball off to jalen he's going to get us 10 yards right here and he can't right. do that anymore. You know, you got to rely on Dylan Sampson, who, in my opinion, is almost just as good as Jalen Wright. He's not far off from him. And that guy's going to be playing on Sundays after this next season as well. There's no reason he comes back for a senior season. But you don't have two stellar running backs in the backfield who you can just say, hey, we're going to get on your back and you're going to take us to a victory. That's true. That is true. It's going to be running back by committee. I'd say we we got to have at least a third one. I don't know who the third back would be though. Do you? No, I don't in this in this instance <laughs> right here, and that is very concerning because we have played a three running back stable all season long with that three headed monster of Jalen Wright, Jabari Small, and Dylan Sampson. So the fact that you don't have two of the three right there does leave some room for concern, and that's where Joe is going to have to play his best football game of the entire season if the Volunteers are going to leave Orlando with a victory. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. Um, defensively, though, for the Vols, who do we need to step up in this game to make a difference? Uh, that's easy right what, there. It's yeah. James Pierce Jr. He's the best player you have on this entire football team. 
And he's got to be the best guy on the field if you're going to win the football game. He's got to get the pressure, get in the backfield, be able to stop the Hawkeyes from being able to run the football. But then you also have to see him get that pressure on the quarterback and get those sacks and tackles for loss. I'm gonna. I'm not going to go with one individual. I'm going to say as a unit, we need the defensive line, the front seven, to step up. Get that pass rush. Don't give them time to go downfield. Um, I, I mean, I get it that you know that the secondary has to hold up there on their end. But if we can get to the quarterback early and often, if Tennessee can get to the quarterback early and often, um, that will help them out tremendously. Well, that's your recipe for a victory right there. That's why I say James Pierce Jr. is the most important player on the team. He already has been the best player you've had on the entire team all year, maybe with the exception of Jalen, right? But now that Jalen's going to be wearing street clothes in this game, you have to have James Pierce Jr. step up in this football game. It's just not optional. If you give the quarterback time to be able to throw the ball downhill, Deacon Hill is going to find a way to beat you. And you cannot have that happen. No, absolutely. Uh, Buddy, let's talk a little Vols offense, Iowa defense here. We touched on it already. We have been a little bit here, but we touched on it already. No Jalen Wright or Jabari Small. Uh, We're going to get the Dylan Sampson and uh, Cam Seldon show. So I'm looking forward to that. Like we were kind of talking a minute ago, Sampson, I'm looking forward to him. I'm really looking forward, though, to seeing Cam Seldon. Well, as am I. We haven't seen hardly any of Cam Seldon this year, honestly. I mean – you look at what we had with that three-headed monster right there, there's no reason for Cam Silden to even see the field, and he's not a bad player. He's got a lot of potential and a lot of talent. But what I love about bowl games so much now versus what they were before, it's a preview of what you're going to have next year. And, you know, if the volunteers can get out there, get some early points on the board and put this thing up by 21 to 28 points, which I don't see that happening, but let's say it does, it's the Nico show at that point, and you really get a preview of what happens next season. That's true. That's true. I got a feeling we're going to see some Nico one way or the other. This one, maybe. All of all I've been one of the people driving this train all season. Everybody who we know knows that. I've wanted to see more of Nico. I've been dying to see what the kid can do, and. I want to see that new shiny toy out there in the backfield and see what next season's going to look like. So if you can get to that point, man, I, I'm, I'm here for it. Absolutely. I mean, we're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to see him at one point or another. So might as well, I, I want to see some of him in the bowl game. I do. So I'm curious to see how he clicks with the, with the wide receivers and how he does with the offensive line I want to see if he. I want to see him go downfield. I want to see a Joe Milton like performance from the uh, Orange Bowl last year, from him. Ooh. Honestly, that would be pretty sick. Well, if you if you get Joe Milton from the second half of the Orange Bowl from last season, this game is not going to be close because Iowa has an anemic offense and they can't put up points. So if you're able to get that, then it's the Nico show after that, and that is what all of all nation has been dying to see all year long. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one, man. Uh, we uh, Tennessee's averaged two hundred and two rushing yards per game this year, uh, two fifty one passing. They were really balanced earlier in the year, so uh, I think that those passing numbers come up, you know, because we spent Tennessee spent most of the Missouri and Georgia game behind and had to throw throw the ball more. They have averaged thirty two points a game. We come, if we hit twenty eight, Tennessee hits twenty eight. They win the game. I, I don't disagree with that. You know, um, I'm a big watcher of the Sports Source on Sunday uh, show in Knoxville. For anybody who lives in Knoxville, make sure you tune in and watch that on Sundays. Other than that, if you live outside of Knoxville like I do, you can catch it on YouTube about four, af- four hours after it airs. But John Pennington on there has some great stats that he always touches on, which is the keys for victory of the game. Um, and I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but I do know his magic number for the balls is you have to score 30 points. And if you do, the game is won right there, typically more often than not. You've got to get to 30 points, and I think that that is kind of where you need to be in this football game once again. Sure, we could see another game like the Texas A&M game where your offense can't really get a whole lot going and your defense has to win the football game for you, which is a very big possibility in this one once again, so we'll have to see, but 
I think the magic number on this one is 30 points. Yeah, uh, anywhere in between 28 to 32. I think if you if you can hit that number there, you've got a really good shot at winning the football game, like, as he said. And it's just that's what we got to do because the Iowa defense only gives up 13.2 per game and 275 uh, total yards, 102 rushing, 172 passing. Well, the Volunteers' rushing numbers are going to be down in this game. Let's all just go ahead and get that out of the way without without right and small playing. You're going to see that number go down. What did you say it typically is on the season? 200 plus? 202. 202. So you're going to see that number go down. I think you kind of see that number more towards the 130 to 150 yards in the game. And I think most of that right there is going to be DeSamp right there. So I'm excited to see him be able to take the lead right there. But your passing game is going to have to be a whole lot better in this game. I mean, I think Joe's going to have to have close to 300 yards in this game if you're going to be able to win it. Because if he's doing that, Iowa's not going to be able to catch up to what the balls are going to do. It's just not possible for them with what their quarterback's been able to do on the season and everything like that. I think if Joe can hit if Joe can hit the average that he's hit all year, right around 250, Tennessee's going to win the game. And I th- I do think though to your point where you mentioned you know the run the run numbers may be down just a little bit. I think we'll see a lot of uh, passing out of the backfield. Well, with, with uh, Samson. Well, you have to see that this year. I mean, we we haven't seen Joe Milton really be able to throw the ball a whole lot this season. And let's face it, if you're going to play a guy like Joe Milton, who has just an absolute locket rancher for a right arm, you have to play to his strengths, which his strength is being able to sit back there in the pocket and be able to open it up. And you haven't really seen that this year, but I think a lot of that has had to do who you else you've had in the backfield with him. And you trust the running backs a hell of a lot more than you trust anybody else on the team. But at the same time, this is a game right here where you just have to say, hey, Joe, we're, we're going to get on your back right here, man. Go win the football game for us. Yes, and I and I hope he does it. I hope he does it. He, well, he deserves, he deserves it. Yes. He, he absolutely deserves it. I mean, you think about what Joe Milton's career has been like. He's been benched twice in his career for somebody else. One time was because of injury whenever he first got to Tennessee. So, you know, that, that is a big portion of it, but – he's he's had a rough college career and I would love to see Joe go out on a high note on a victory in his last year of football because he deserves it man it just is what it is he does, right there. He does. um I, I I really want to see him do well um and I hope that I hope that between this and the senior bowl maybe that he ups his draft stock some too because he's got the measurables for it he does you know right now my personal opinion is He's sitting more towards a day three or an undrafted guy, practice squad guy for a little bit. Teams are going to take a chance on him just because he's got all the measurables. He's got all the tools. His toolbox just is not completed yet. For some reason, the toolbox is sitting in the truck whenever he gets over to the stadium. He needs to bring that toolbox in with him, put those tools in there, and really be able to go and show what he can do in this game. And if he does... He'll work himself into an early day three pick, maybe late second day pick. And if he's doing that, he's he's a guy who teams are going to have plans for, and that's what you want to see for him. Yes, I agree with that one hundred percent. Seeing uh, just to see him, like you say, go out on a high note that that'll tickle me to death. I want to see him go out with a win. Well, uh, he's been like the best teammate. You've ever he seen has. at Tennessee. I mean, that is the one thing for Joe Milton that I will say. You, you've turned into the best teammate. You became best friends with the guy who took the job from you in your first season at Tennessee. You stuck around. You didn't hit the transfer portal after that season was over with. You were the best backup quarterback anybody could have ever asked to have. And then it's your turn to have the keys this year. Sure. It's not been the way that anybody has wanted it to go this past season, both of us included, you know. But, Joe, go out there, get the win, go out on the high note, man. That's what we all want to see. That's what bowl games are here for. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's just – he's a good dude. He's a good dude. I mean, just the teammates, they, they always say – they've all said the same thing about him. You know, I've met him a time or two. Super nice. 
he deserves everything he gets. So, um, all right, buddy. I think we've about hashed out all we can on this. Uh, you wanna you wanna hit a bold prediction on us here, man? My bold prediction in this game is Dylan Sampson is going to be him in this football game. I bet you D. Sam comes out here and has four touchdowns in this game because you're going to be running football. You're going to get right on the goal line, and who the hell are you going to give the ball to? Dylan, Dylan Sampson is it. Jalen Wright's in street clothes. Jabari Small, you're in street clothes. You have nobody else you can get the ball to right there. Dylan Sampson, four touchdowns in the game. You know what? I'm, I like it. I like it. I'm going to go bold here, and I'm going to say the over-under is at 36 and a half. It gets smoked. Really? Smoked. Walk me through that. We're going to – you got D sample four touchdowns. Joe's going to throw for three. We cover the over-under by ourselves. touchdowns for the balls? I like it. I like it. <laughs> I love it. I don't dislike it. I love it. Hey, sometimes you just got to go out and, and, and let them hang, you know. Uh, all right. So up next, we're going to hit our top three moments from the uh, from the season. What are your what's your what's your number one top three moment of the year? Man, that that right there, I think everybody's going to have the same thing. But that D Williams punt return touchdown in that A and M game gave you that win right there. I mean, you think about it this way: if that doesn't happen right there, the balls they're they're seven and five right now. You're not in a New Year's Six bowl. Going to the Citrus Bowl right here. So I think that that right there is – that's everything for you right there. I think that was the most important part of the season. Yes, that was – that gave us – that gave Tennessee the, the biggest win of the year, really, uh, outside of that South Carolina game, I think. That was a that was a big win. That was a get-right game from last year. We needed to get that one. So I'm with you on that. Um I, I, that's my that's my consensus right there. Number one. So what's your number two? My, uh, my number two is uh, when Kamal Haddon got that pick six on Spencer Rattler right before halftime. That place went insane, man. Oh man, I was at that game, and you know what's so funny is right before that, whenever uh, players were introduced in the starting lineup, Kamal Haddon goes on the big screen, and everybody in there is booing and. Everybody who knows me, once again, and you know this right here, Jordo, I have been a Kamal Haddon supporter since day one. He has not been as bad as everybody thought he was. And it really showed right there, and people really started to believe in the kid then. It sucks that he only got to play for a handful more weeks before the injury happened against Alabama. But, man, Kamal Haddon, that was a great play right there. That's actually my number three on the season. So my number two on the season – is going to be, and it's not necessarily just a play, but I'm just going to say the second biggest thing for the volunteers this season was the emergence of Jalen Wright really being that guy. Yes. The big plays that he had, first touchdown against Georgia, the touchdown against Kentucky on what was it, the second play of the game. That right there, I mean, just I'm going to lump Jalen Wright's whole season into my number two right there. I like that. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, I'm going to go uh, my number three on the year would be come out of the first game, man, when old Smoking Joe just slung that boy to the ground on that touchdown run. Like, uh-uh, you ain't getting none of this, buddy. Oh, man. that So I was at that game as well. In case the listeners don't know, I go to all the games. Y'all just get used to it. If you want to listen to Balling Out, you're going to hear – from the fan perspective of somebody who was at the game, but that was in the end zone I was sitting at. And I was with one of my best friends. He is a Texas tech fan. So shout out to Aaron. I know you're going to listen to this a little bit later, but he goes, Oh my God, he just threw that guy to the ground right there. And I was like, man, I I thought that Tennessee was about to be the best team in the country after that game. Obviously it didn't work out that way. But how the Volunteers controlled that game and Joe just played, I mean, probably his best game of football in that game all his whole career. Yeah, honestly, I would agree with that. He was surgical that game almost with just throwing the ball. We, and, you know, he had – that's one thing that I will say that I think has hurt him this year is the drops. He had a nice one to, to Ramel Keaton and just dropped it. 
that was so that was also right. in the end zone. I was sitting in right there too. And so we were about four rows up off the back of the end zone in that game. Great seats. But Joe just launched that one and it's coming straight towards where we're sitting at right there. And everybody, as soon as Keaton dropped that ball, we've all got our hands in our heads. We're like, why? Like, why can't you catch that? That's a guaranteed touchdown. I think I think it was one of those deals where he was almost too wide open. But and you know, I, I'll, I'll say this, and I'm not trying to talk bad about Joe. I've done enough of that. I'm not doing it ever again in my life. If Hendon Hooker threw that ball, there's more touch on it, and Keaton would have caught that ball. But I'm not here to talk about Hendon Hooker. Everybody knows how much I love Hendon Hooker, and it's hard to be the guy who follows the guy like Joe did right there. So a lot of people are going to continue to compare Joe to Hendon as long as Joe Milton's playing football, which for Vol Nation, there's only one more game that you can really do that. But, man, Keaton, you should have caught that one. And I think, and I've thought about this a lot since that game happened, if Keaton catches that ball, the season could have turned out completely different right there. It sounds crazy to think, but one play like that, one big play like that can change the entire season. It don't matter well, what kind of game it's in. You know? Well, Joe gets his confidence right there. If you have that, then all the receiving core has their confidence right there too. And you are you could be looking at a different football team because then they have the confidence in it. But not just that, Hypo has the confidence to take those deep shots at that point. Yes, yes. So uh, what was your numero tres? Mine is that Kamal had an interception against Carolina, and you I know me. that that is <laughs> that's just difficult right there because we both went with it. But that was a moment where you're like, okay, I just feel good about this because the fans were booing him before the game even started. Then after that, everybody kind of got off of his back, which is what you want to see right there. But man, it just that that was a that was the feel good moment of the season for me right there, honestly. It was it was for me too, and it was cool seeing him trot in there doing the prime time, you know. Oh yeah, well you know the listeners they don't get to see the video, but I'm doing it right here as we're doing that. So, <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. So, man, I think we've about hit on everything we can hit on balls wise for for now. So you want to talk some uh, SEC bowls, New Year's Six playoffs, all that? Man, give me some, and I'll give you my picks on it. All right, we'll, I'll, I'll, we'll do we'll do picks and we'll we'll see who comes out ahead on this one. Uh, in the Cotton Bowl, we got Mizzou, Ohio State. Which way are you going, man? I'm going Mizzou right there. M I Z Z O U. Ooh, man, I can't I can't bring myself to cheer for Coach Drink. I can't. Ohio State, man. I, I don't want to say I'm cheering for him, but actually, I kind of like Drink just with how funny he is, and you know, like what was it back in that uh. What was it? Florida played them on Halloween a handful of years ago, and then uh, then Dan Mullen walks out there dressed up as Star Wars stuff, dressed in Star Wars stuff. Well, then Coach Drink the next year after they beat them, he walks out with a lightsaber. I just like the guy; he's hilarious. Well, yeah, he is, he is. But you know, when he was like, it's real easy to talk after you beat somebody forty-two to seven and be like, "Well, we stand on business, Josh." Uh, and, and you see Hypo, whatever he said that, he just kind of looked at him like, huh, okay. Well, the only reason why the balls ran up the score on Mizzou last season was for the playoff picture right there. Yes. that That's the only reason why you're scoring at the end of the game, which Drinkowitz didn't forget about that. And, no, you know, I, no. I kind of like he didn't forget about that, honestly. Uh, me too. That right there shows his kids, hey, I believe in y'all, and we don't forget the shit that happens to us. So, I'm happy to see him remember stuff like that. I hate it happened at the volunteers' expense, but go go Tigers, man. I want to see them cap off this great season. I uh, I get that, though, because with Heupel, I'm the same way. I'm like, hey, if we can beat them by 70, do it. So I get it. Um, all right, so we, we're, we, we, went, we split that one. You went Mizzou, I'm going Ohio State. Uh, Make sure you keep this in your notes right there, too, so we can touch on this uh, later later in January. Oh, that's what I'm doing right now, sir. There you um, go. All right. So up next in the Peach Bowl, we got uh, Ole Miss, Penn State. Man, it's hard to go against Lane Kiffin right now with what he's got going on in Oxford. He has turned Ole Miss into a great program. Give me the reps. 
Yep, I'm going. I'm going with you too. I like. I like the lane train. Just saying. I don't care how how people feel about him. I like him. Uh, Orange Bowl. I think we both know what way we're probably going to lean here. But we got Georgia and Florida State. Man, it, it that's the dogs right there. And this is not an SEC homer coming towards you. Full disclosure, and Jordan, you know this about me. Conference pride has never done anything for me. I am not somebody who's going to go out there and pull for the SEC every single game because it doesn't help Tennessee out either which way. But Georgia is probably, in my opinion, the second-best team in college football this year, and they just had a bad bad day against Alabama. It just was not their night, and it was just Alabama's night. Give me the dogs in this one. They are going to embarrass Florida State and show the whole world why they did not deserve to be in the playoffs. Well, with all the stuff that's been, that's going on with Florida State right now, talking about, well, we want to leave the ACC to go to the SEC, blah, 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 blah. Florida State don't really want to be there. Georgia's going to smoke them. Plain and simple. Well, and, you know, Florida State, they want to join the SEC. That That is what's coming out of that right there. Go show them that they're not ready to play with the big boys, Georgia. Show them. I'll be down with it. Um, up next, uh, the Texas Bowl, Texas A&M and Okie State. Which way are you going? Give, give me the Cowboys, man. A&M ain't it. Yeah, that's that. Plus, you know, how can you how can you bet against a guy with a mullet? Hey, come at me. I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> I'm 40. All right. Best up moment next, in Texas college football history on, on press oh, conferences easily. right there. Easily. Um up next, Clemson and Kentucky in the Gator Bowl. Man, you know what? Clemson has actually been a hot football team since Dabo went on that whole thing with that, uh, what was that guy, Steve from Spartanburg, who called in on the radio to them down there and said that Dabo was overpaid and all that. Give me the Tigers in this one. All right, all right. Uh, just to just to break up the mutiny here, I'm going to go with, with, the, with the Kittens. Kentucky, Kentucky. So, yeah. Oh man, I hate to, but we got we got to go. We got to we got to split it one way or the other here. We're splitting hairs, buddy. Um, up next, Music City Bowl. We got Auburn and Maryland. You know what? On that one, give me the Terps. Okay. All right. Uh, I would I would I would like to go that way, but you know, uh, baby, two have opted out. So, I think I'm going to say there's a deep freeze coming to coming to the Nashville area. So a hue freeze. A hue freeze. You know, man, maybe I might look into going to that game since I live so close to the stadium and I can walk over there. Maybe me and our boy Michael Trent will walk over there and go to that game. Oh yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, we got a we got a shout out our boy Mikey. He he had a birthday this week. Birthday boy. Hey, happy birthday, Mikey. Mikey. All right, buddy. Now we're gonna get down to the to the real to the real deal here. Playoffs. We got Michigan and Alabama. Which way are you going, buddy? Which way does my heart tell me, or which way does my mind tell me? Because it's two different ways. Uh, yeah, I'm, I think we're both kind of in the same in the same boat. But I'm gonna go with uh, I'm going with Wolverines. I just want I just don't want to see Bama win another one. So I would rather Alabama win the football game personally. And that is really hard for me to say. I'm wearing a shirt about Tennessee beating Alabama last year as we're recording this this show. But I think college football is the biggest, dumbest sport there is. And that's why we all love it. And the biggest, dumbest ending to how college football has been is how we know it is Michigan goes out there and wins it all after this whole cheating scandal. I think Michigan wins a very, very close football game. But I would rather see Alabama win it just because of how Michigan has been this season. I, I can agree with that. I think that it's going to come down to if Michigan can keep Milrow from running the ball. Every game they've been in this year that you've watched Alabama, look at the Georgia game. He 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 took over with his legs, and that was the that was the X factor for them. At a certain point, you would think, you know, Michigan's got enough signals or uh, enough common sense, one of the two, to be like. I should probably we should probably stop him. 
Well, I agree with you on that. I mean, I think that Michigan is a great football team, and they probably are the best football team in college football this year. But I would love to see Alabama win the game just for the simple fact of ending it all that way and saying, hey, Harbaugh, it's time for you to go to the NFL. But I just don't see it happening this year. I mean, I think Alabama and Michigan is going to be a great football game. It it is probably going to be the best football game us as college football fans has seen all year. But, man, I just – I think the Wolverines are just too good. It's it's going to be interesting for sure. I think that that's going to – but the other game to me though that out of those two is gonna, is the more intriguing one because we've got Texas right now playing pretty dang good football. Washington kind of I, I don't want to say faltered down the stretch, but they they were in some closer games than what they should have been. So, man, I don't know which way to really go on this one. It's it's close for me. I want to say if. Uh, Penix comes out. Penix, Penix comes out with uh, some big Penix energy. Big they, Penix uh, energy. Washington. <laughs> <laughs> Washington gets it done. Man, I'm rolling with the Huskies on this one. They have been the most fun football team in college football to watch this past year. And also, Michael Penix Jr., former Tennessee commit, he was a Butch Jones guy, wanted to come play at Tennessee literally cried whenever Jeremy Pruitt pulled his scholarship and said he wasn't good enough to come play at Tennessee. I want to see Penix be able to do something. And I'll say this too, man, the Washington Huskies are the same team that Tennessee, the Tennessee volunteers were last season. They were the team that just kind of came up out of nowhere that really shouldn't have. Give me the Huskies in this one. I like it. I like it. That's, you know what? Just just because I I, I want to go with Washington, I'm going to say what. I, let me look at the point spread right quick here. I'm going to go with Texas though, just because we got to break this up somehow or another. So, give me Texas, but I'm going to say Washington. Let's see here, and a close one. That one is going to in a close. Give me Texas in a close one, and. I should have looked at this before we got jumped on here, but. Well, I, I, I like where you're going on this. I think that that's going to be another great football game right there, too. But, man, it's so hard for me to go against Penix right now. And he is going to come out with a big Penix energy. I really think he will. I mean, that guy right there, he would have won the Heisman if Jaden Daniels just didn't exist this past season. That's true. That is true. Uh you know what? Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna ride with it. Let's go. What? Let's clean, clean sweep. We got Michigan, Washington in the national championship. I'm. I'm down with it. I like four it. and a half point spread. I, I want to see that game. I want to see that game. One that looks a lot like we did. Tennessee did last year. Another one that uh, likes to play. You know, kind of keep you in a phone booth and play. I like it. I like it. You know what that reminds so got, me of right there before we even get into it? That reminds me of what Tennessee and Georgia was last season. Team, defense, and ball control. The other one is just going to try to score as many points as they can on you, and we all know how that went. Yes, so if, we, if we're going to go Michigan-Washington, who you got taking it all? Michigan? It's it's hard to go against them. I, I, I It's just – it's. Michigan has looked like the best team in football this year, all year. They, they've they been consistent. Well, they have, and you think about it too, Harbaugh didn't even coach in six games. Now, sure, were they out there stealing signs and cheating to be able to get a lot of those wins? Sure. But you're out there without the head man for six games, and you didn't even lose a football game all year. That That's tough right there to compete with, men. Wolverines are the best team in college football this year. It give me give me the blue right there, even though I don't want it. But it's the biggest dumbest ending to how college football has been played, and college football has been the biggest dumbest sport there is. Let's just be realistic. Took forever in a day to even get a championship game, and then a computer literally picked the two teams that were playing in it. Then you get a playoff system, and that's only four teams, which is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. 
Now you're going to 12 teams. It's actually going to be a legitimate playoff after this season. Just let it end in the stupidest way possible. And then Michigan won't even be able to claim that title in about two years. Good point. Good point. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm going with Michigan. Shout out to my boy Steve Shepard. He is uh, a big Michigan fan. I'm, I'm going to roll with him. Shout out to my boy Drew. He's a Michigan fan too and former Michigander. Grew up there. So, Drew, I'm not pulling for your boys, but I think that's how it's going to work. Well, let me ask you this right here, Joe. So yeah. let me ask you this real quick. Let's say that Alabama beats Michigan. What do you think happens between Alabama and Washington or Alabama and Texas? I'll tell you what. If Alabama uh, beats Michigan, I think that they would – I think they would handle Washington. I think they're a little bit more physical than uh, Michigan as far as that goes. Um. That Bama-Texas rematch could be juicy. Oh, that is spicy right there. It's, I mean, that's, you know, I have to hunt a creek to, uh, to shit in so you don't catch woods on fire spicy right there. Well, that right there, man, you think about it too, that's an SEC game right there. Texas really is already awesome. an SEC school, if you ask me at this point. They're done in the Big 12. They're not ever playing another game in the Big 12. Man, you get it. You get Texas and Bama playing for it. That is going to be spicy right there. Yes. And uh, pardon my French on that one there, but I didn't know any other way to put it. <laughs> so, hey, you're not wrong right there. I think, honestly, your national champion does come from that Bama-Michigan game. Whoever wins that football game wins it all. I, I would agree with that. It has to, almost, because I don't think that – Texas or Washington, uh, Texas or Washington can beat either one of those two. No, they can't, and it's it's going to be fun. I'm still pulling for the Huskies, regardless. That is my pick. If I had to pick a fan side on who's going to win it all, but being part of the media right here, the winner of Alabama and Michigan is going to be the winner of the national championship this year. Absolutely. Um, all right, buddy. So I got I got three questions for you. Do you feel okay. like FSU actually got snubbed? Absolutely not. So here, here's my thing right here, and I'm going to stand on the soapbox for just about a minute right here. Florida State fans, you all are the most ridiculous people in the entire world this season. Let's be realistic. Without your quarterback, you're absolutely nothing. You couldn't put away a horrible Louisville team that lost to Kentucky. What makes you think, that you're going to go out there and you're going to play Michigan and give us a better football game. You did not deserve to be there. And you had the chance to be there if you handily put away Louisville. But it was a struggle win. So, of course, Alabama, who has the best win of the year in college football, you deserve to be there if you're Alabama. Uh, that That's my thing right there. And people who know football know that I'm right. If you just want to look at it and say, oh, well, their record was this, and they're an undefeated ACC champion – cares at the end of the day i don't care you play in the worst power five conference in all of football you literally couldn't put away a louisville team who had no business being there you don't deserve to be in the playoffs i'm sorry i you know i don't disagree with you they had a solid resume but they had it with jordan travis jordan well travis exactly and in the playoff rules right there it says too if you are without an important player you may be left out of the playoffs. And being a Tennessee fan here on Ball and Out, where 95% of our listeners are Ball fans as well, let's be realistic. If Tennessee takes care of South Carolina last season, but Hendon Hooker still tears his ACL, the balls aren't in the playoffs. It's just how it works. And Florida State had no business being there this year. I like the fact that the committee said no. We're going to give the consumers the best possible football game and it doesn't involve Florida State. Absolutely. This next question kind of ties into that. What team from the New Year's Six did you want did you, did you want to see get in? Did I want to see get in or do, or do I think, think should have gotten, gotten in? Georgia. Both. Georgia. Okay. I mean, it here's the thing. Georgia loses one football game in 3 years and they get cut out. Honestly, Texas didn't have the business being in there either, if you ask me. 
I think that Georgia and Alabama pro- both probably should have got in because let's be realistic. That's number two and number three of your best teams in college football this season. I'll roll with that. I can I can get on board with that. The one that I wanted to see get in, I'll just be honest with you, Ohio State. I wanted to see another Michigan-Ohio State game. Well, could you imagine Michigan and Ohio State playing for something that actually has a whole lot of weight to it? Sure, the game that they play every single year has a lot of weight to it, and that is a top three rivalry in all of sports, if you ask me right there. You know, I would only put that behind Duke and UNC and basketball probably. And then, I mean, man, I can't even think of another one that's probably better than that. Auburn and Alabama no, football, maybe. I mean, that that maybe. right there is the only thing I can think of right there. I, But, man, Ohio State didn't deserve it. They were not battle-tested. They lost to the only team they played all season that had a pulse. So I don't think they deserved it. If you're going to pick between them or Georgia, I'm going to take the dogs. Seven days a week and twice I, on Sundays. I think either one would have been had a decent enough case for it. And and if Ohio State had had just a little bit more help, same could be said for Georgia. Though one of those two make it. Yeah, um, it. I mean, it was between those two and Alabama at the end of the day. And I think the committee got it right. How can you leave the SEC champion out of there? Right. Absolutely. All right. Next up, you hit on it earlier. Um, going to twelve team playoff next year. How many SEC teams get in next season? Man, I mean, the two obvious answers right there are Alabama and Georgia. I mean, Ole Miss would have got in this season if there was a twelve team playoff. Mizzou would have got in if there was a twelve team playoff. And you know what? I'm already extremely high on the Volunteers for next year. I think the SEC looks at probably four schools making it next season. I'm going to say over under uh, over under five. I'm going to take the under on it because I think four, but I think that's very, very close. I'm going to call a push and say we get five. The, the four you mentioned um, and us. Hey, I'll take it. If you get, if you get the Tide, the Dogs, Mizzou, Ole Miss, and Tennessee in there, your champion's coming out of the SEC next year. There's no way it doesn't. And then you because also got to remember, too, Texas, Oklahoma. I mean, those are two good football teams, again, right there, that are joining the big boys next season. The under might hit, but, you know, we got to look at it like this, too. You know your four conference champions are going to get in. Notre Dame, you're probably going to have, if they're in the top 15, they'll find a way to get them to 12. Well, there's no um, way they wouldn't. Too big of a fan base. Too many eyes on them. It's a lot of money right there. So there, there's at least five of your teams. Uh, I think they take one, like the the highest ranked team from the group of five is what I think I seen. Yeah. So, you know, you're gonna have an SMU or a Tulane or somebody like that. There's six. The SEC takes, say, they take four to five spots. Who's your Who's your other? one or two that gets in after that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and it's probably going to be a team like an Ohio State um, or an Oregon or a Washington. It's going to be hard to leave those teams out the door right there. I think that the SEC only gets four in just because of that. But you've also got to think about it, too. If Clemson writes the ship, Florida State right there. I mean, it. I am more excited for the 12-team playoff than just about anybody, just for that reason. It's going to be fun next year, I think, for sure, man. Going to be a lot of fun. Well, buddy, we've hit everything we wanted to hit on tonight. Well, you say we throw a bow on it and uh, wish everybody Merry Christmas and call it a night. Well, man, I, I want to do one more thing real quick. Just to wrap this hit up, it. since this is a bowl special and a bowl preview, give me give me your score prediction for the Vols and the Hawkeyes. 42-10 Vols. Oh. Hey, I'm, I'm doubling down on the bold prediction. Man, I think the Volunteers win this game. I've already said D-Sample have four tutties, so I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say 35-20 to 20 if the Hawkeyes can find a pulse. Okay. All right. So I say 42-10. You said 35-20. 
we'll see who hit. We'll see uh, who gets closer here. Because either way, that over's hitting. Hey, it's gonna be me. <laughs> it probably will be, but we're gonna find out. So, all right, buddy. So we got forty-two ten for me, thirty-five twenty for you. Um, where where can everybody find you at on socials, bud? Grant Will ninety four on the Instagram and the Twitter or X, I guess if you want to call it what Elon has turned it into. And man, Merry Christmas to everybody. That's all I got to say with that. Absolutely, man. Follow us on uh, Twitter on the uh, at uh, the Vallen Out Podcast and uh, Instagram as well, Vallen Out Pod. Uh, we'll have this out here in a bit. Like, rate, and subscribe to us on whatever platform you uh, get your podcast from. And uh, Merry Christmas and go Vols! Merry Christmas, go Vols!